Welcome, folks, to the Crazy Canuck Trucking Podcast. We are so happy that you are here, not only because it is episode number 14, but because it's the new year. Congratulations for ending 2020. (laughs) Let's all move forward to 2021. I'm not going to say any disparaging remarks about 2020, because for those of you who did it in 2019, look where that got us. Therefore, (laughs) 2021 is going to be outstanding. I can feel it. Now, back to the fact that you all as listeners are tuning in and listening to us at Crazy Canuck Truck and Podcast. My name is Bridget. I am the Size Matters Dakotan. My co-host is... Crazy Canuck Dave. Welcome. And what I want to say about having survived 2020 is that we have had a decade of learning packed into one year. And so we can take this year of 2020 And we can use all of that to go ahead to the next year. And it's going to help us not only in 21, but in every year we're alive after that. Because we've hopefully all taken the lessons from 2020. And we're going to even be even better in 21. So So it's really good to see you again here. If we use the college analogy, all the things that we have learned this year, we have had great tips, tricks, and ideas from so many different people who have helped us out. And first of all, all of that information is like my homework. So I hopefully don't fail the final on the year 2020, (laughs) but it also leads me to our 10 code for today. And that would be a 1018. Meaning, is there anything for us? Well, I think today's guest brings a lot for us before we introduce her. I just want to give everybody a reminder, follow us on Twitter at crazy conduct truck and follow us on Instagram. You are more than welcome to email your suggestions for stories, ideas, and guests to crazyconnecttrucking at gmail.com. And if you don't just want the audio, but you want to see our bright, shiny faces for 2021, you can go to Crazy Connect Trucking on YouTube. Now, back to that 10 code of 1018, Dave. Anything for us today? What are we going to learn? Oh, we got some good stuff coming today, Bridget. Okay. Little size matters because... We have somebody that I just recently bumped into virtually, and you remember our our uh, interview with Sylvia? Oh, vividly. Episode 10. And in fact, we've had a number of people comment on that episode and how much they enjoyed it and learned from it. So is this like the part two of that episode? This is Sylvia 2.0 otherwise called Sonia. And welcome to our podcast, Sonia. I'm going to say a little bit about Sonia. So Sonia is very similar to Sylvia. She is a wellness coach, analyst, nutritional therapist, educator, speecher, you know, go around when we don't have COVID. She'll go out and give speeches and her passion is to help others. She and Sylvia are working together on a program called Survival. So pay attention. Look in the show notes. I'll have information in there. But uh, follow along with Sonia in whichever way you can, Sonia and Sylvia, on the Survival thing. So I'll read a little bit about a a bio here. Sonia understands that your employees are overwhelmed with their day-to-day lives as it is. They're not interested in feel-good challenges for their nutrition, walking or drinking more water, which only have only about a 10% participation rate. She also knows that a one-time lunch and learn 
which doesn't offer employees a perception shift nor immediately usable tools, doesn't even get in the first year anymore. Sonia can give your employees powerful insights into the why and the how. Now remember, size matters. We like the how and the why, right? A lot. And by the way, yes. I just want to say, if as a nutritional therapist, I think it's best I don't even tell you what I had for lunch. You're, you're probably not going to be impressed, Sonia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't take don't take lunch tips from Size Matters because she eats like a linebacker. And that's why she walks a long ways. A lot. A lot. Well, then we're going to talk about that ten percent participation rate because I might bump that up for some other folks. Yeah. Okay. So we'll finish off here. Com- combining keen observational skills with an unusual and uplifting common sense, Sonia has an extraordinary talent for identifying and explaining the root causes of productive productivity draining ailments such as fatigue, digestive issues, chronic illness, stress, anxiety, and depression. What's more, her approach is heart-centered and her calls to action are full of empathy and realism. That sounds like Sylvia, doesn't it? So this is how she, this is how she, yep. She's amazing. Yes. (laughs) This is how she gets us enthused for this and that's why I wanted her on even though it's been like a whole five days that I've been introduced to her I'm like I called her up and I said Sonia and I introduced myself and I said I really need you on our podcast and she's been very gracious enough thank you Sonia for coming by after a long introduction I hope I did you justice but I know that's only just scratching the tip of the iceberg Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I love talking to people that love talking about these things. So let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, one thing, Bridget, mm-hmm. um, I found out not only is she amazing with all this, but she's a musician and you know, I like music. I Bridget do. is also a singer herself. And I, so I downloaded, Sonia gave out her uh, Christmas, Christmas album for free. And uh, to everybody, not just me. I'm not that special. She gave it out to everybody. And I just, I fell in love with that music. I mean, it really touched me deeply. So thank you, Sonia. And let's not forget to put that in the show notes so we can promote that for Sonia. Yeah. Okay. Still plays on the radio in Canada. It's pretty That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the 12th Christmas. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I do. I know how it happened. It's good. Oh, fair That's enough. why it keeps getting played. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty awesome. All right. So cool. we've, we've talked about all the fluffy, cool things about Sonia. And I've teased a little bit about the things that you do. Okay. So I'm going to, the ending question, I'm going to make it first. Okay. What do you want everybody today to hear? What's your message that you cannot wait for the new year for people to hear? Oh, you just want to like get right into it, hey? <laughs> I do, I do. We're not, we don't fool we're not, around here. Yeah, I'm not That's fine. I, I don't mess around much either. It's not really my thing. <laughs> I, I guess in the context of the 2020 that is behind us and the 2021 that is, is up ahead of us, I very often am saying these days, like we did not have a playbook for 2020. Mm-hmm. We didn't have time to make a playbook for 2020. And 
all kinds of stuff has hit the fan. All of the places where our society and infrastructures and systems were vulnerable have been even more exposed and become even weaker. And we are on a bit of a precipice, like you were just talking about what we were talking about before. Once the crisis ends, that's when we're really in trouble. And I don't say that to terrify everyone because we're scared enough and I really don't want to be guilty of activating people's stress response more than it has to be. But my, my message in that is to understand that there really was no playbook. This isn't anyone's fault that we're all feeling this way right now and that there is a bit of a collapse coming, but that there is actually, and I guess I'll just pull the, the Sir Thrival right in because that's just it's where my, my brain is at with it right now. There is a way to, now that we're gonna, we're gonna come out of alarm and then we're gonna go into a stage of the stress response called resistance where the body tries to rectify things. The cortisol comes down, the heart rates come down, the fear comes down. And because the stress has been so long, a lot of us are going to fail miserably in resistance and not be able to recover and then move into something called exhaustion. Those are the three, three stages of uh, the stress response. If it doesn't go well, which is alarm, resistance and um, exhaustion. There is a way if enough knowledge about basic cause and effect is out there and, and ways and strategies to do this, there is a way to navigate the resistance, which is the land that Sylvia and I are calling survival, to instead of dropping into exhaustion, there is a way to navigate that map into actual thriving and possibly potentially come out of it better than you even were before. And a lot of that has a lot to do with healing the nervous system because our nervous systems are frayed at this point. Our nervous system informs the rest of the body on how everything works. And the, one of the biggest impacts is in the digestive system. And now we know from the last 10 years of research, especially the last five, the digestive system and the microbiome and things that go on there very much inform via the gut brain access, how we feel. Those little critters send anxiety and depression meds up to our brain. There are more messages that go up from our digestive system to our brain that tell us how to feel than go from our brain down to our digestive system. That's relatively new in the last five to 10 years that we know that. So since we're just getting right into it, that is, that is the thing that I want people to know. There is a way to navigate this land that we're about to come into when everything ends. So what you said right there, about what goes from our, our gut to our brain. Yeah. Is this why we stress eat? That it's, it's part of it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I'm I, really good at that. So I'd yeah. like to have an answer. <laughs> well, there is some um, in the new, in my nutritional therapy office, when I'm not speaking publicly, that is something that I, I do obviously deal with a lot. The, the stress eating it depends on the person. Some people stress eat, some people stress cry, some people stress exercise, like there's all the things, right? We, depending on our life and the habits that we have depends if that is the thing that we are subject to. Stress eating comes from a few different sources. One of them is if you move into alarm or something scary and into the, the stress response, what happens is you shift out of the parasympathetic nervous system over into the sympathetic nervous system. And when that happens, you move into one, you move into a level of, of fight or flight. There are like, where well, you're never totally out of your parasympathetic and never fully in your sympathetic. Like there's, there's a balance. 
it's been hard this year for her body to, to navigate that, our bodies to navigate that. When you're in alarm and moving into fight or flight, your body sees a potential threat. And so what happens is all, and I'm sure you've heard this before, if you've talked about stress, all of the blood flow gets directed to your limbs and to your brain. So you can think fast and run fast if you need to. Mm-hmm. And all the blood sugar goes there and blood sugar gets released into the bloodstream for energy. So you will automatically, once that is over and things settle down, you've just burned a lot of sugar and your body is says, okay, that was really stressful. I just burnt up a bunch of reserves. I need more. And so we have been conditioned in our Western diet and and part of it is a normal physiology too. The quickest fix on that is sugar. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of people that stress eat on carrots, right? (laughs) I mean, even though they they do have some sugar, it's, it's it's not the high of the refined white sugar that just gets in there real fast like cocaine. Yeah, unless I've got them in like buddy, butter, honey, and some sugar. Yeah, that might slow it down. That'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, and that's it. And then we have this, there's the psychological conditioning on those things too. If, you know, whatever the food was that was a comfort food growing up, you're also psychologically going to want that. And then we have, then we have the Western diet where our taste buds have been manipulated And they don't really work as well as they used to because of all the chemicals and the additives and the flavorings and all that kind of stuff. So we automatically, our taste buds and the pathways that go to our brain have also been manipulated to want the sugar. High fructose Mm -hmm. corn syrup and those things are also addictive. So you're literally looking at, I don't know, there's more, but that's three reasons right there why people stress eat. And when all of that's coming at you at once, I, I don't talk about willpower in my office. It's not a thing when it comes to food as, as if anyone can stand up against ancient physiology that's in our bodies, the manipulating <laughs> of our taste buds and this fight or flight thing where the body decides that survival is the priority. So sugar is the priority. Shut the front door. If you're not going to let me have that. <laughs> that is something I'm trying to think other than Sylvia, if I've heard that before about willpower, run, run that bias again once more, Sonia. Does we can't just say, we can't just say, oh, I'm going to stop doing this because I hear that from other people saying, oh, you should just be able to, you know, do this or do that. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. Like maybe in the 80s, we tried to make that work and the paradigm <laughs> stuck in our heads before we had all of the, uh, the mind-body research in the field of psychoneuroimmunology and psychology's come a long way. Before we knew all the things, maybe that would have been like a Richard Simmons get up and boogie and yeah, we can all do this. And it's like, that's, it, it was a great attempt, but it wasn't the right one. Willpower, just it is not a thing anymore. And I don't know if it really, if you want to get into the questioning and, and philosophies, I don't know if it really ever was the thing that we thought that it was. Because to think that your mind, which functions via your brain that is in your body that has demands to survive, that you can override that. I want to say a worse word, but it was kind of foolish, really. (laughs) Yeah. David so far has not let me really swear here. If you want to be the first one, I'm giving permission. I'm not your priest (laughs) or your mother. It, it, It has happened. I'm like, I'm that person. And depending on the company, 
I'm that person that says the swear that everyone wants said so badly. And then I say, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We should spend more time together. Um, One of our other guests is a good friend of mine, uh, Jason Hansen. And he said, he finds it hilarious when I'm in front of a group doing a meeting and I accident and not necessarily accident, but he says, and then you'll swear because people might not be paying attention. And then they look around and they're like, why is that short lady up front? So mad. So <laughs> that is impactful. Use that. Yeah, I do. I do sometimes, or, or I draw on if I'm drawing out a, in a, an analysis and strategy session, when I go in and analyze a whole company, I draw out a timeline. There are, is occasionally a point on the timeline, like a 40 year old woman where they get a WTF and a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. David, I keep asking questions. I'm sorry. I bet you have some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what you're just talking about um, with the willpower, I, I find it interesting. I, when I started understanding my mental health, uh, after one of my injuries in uh, 2001, that was the first time I realized that the best thing to do sometimes was to not do. So instead of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I had the conversation with a family member and I said, you know, sometimes I realize that it's better just to lay down and have a rest and take it easy a little bit. And this person was just like, what? Why don't you just push through it? because it hasn't gotten me anywhere i've gotten yeah sonia's banging her head yeah and i see you banging your head so that when david finishes i want you to explain why you're doing that sure yeah so you know i that's been one of the hardest things for me as a former athlete not of any high level but as a former athlete that prided myself on being able to push harder and achieve more than my body really was capable of I realized with my head injuries and with the way the brain works and everything you know what better to back off and uh, I know you can explain that better Sonia but it it's really it was a it was a huge shift for me to understand that I just need to back off sometimes yeah so do you want me to explain that then yeah sure please so there's a few different ways to explain that. I'll, I'll maybe I'll give you two because I, I, I know that this is always helpful every single time I say it. So I'll, I'll take a couple minutes to say the, the two ways. So there is, you've often heard the analogy, obviously, of putting your mask on first in, in, in an airplane, right? They always say, put your oxygen mask on first before you help other people. And I got that, like, I've always felt in the back of my mind, I'm like, yes, that makes sense, but there's something else and you're going to laugh your head off when I tell you where I got this insight from. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the insight first and then I'll tell you where I got it from because it makes so much sense. I was, uh, th- so the insight on this is, actually, no, I'll just tell you where it's from. I was watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> the wisdom of a Hallmark was like, oh, I'm going to use that in a seminar. Um, one of the things that I did for to get through the holidays and the lockdown in Manitoba was I'm like, okay, I'm going to do things that are completely out of character for me my whole life I ordered Christmas cards I'm mailing Christmas cards tomorrow for the first time in my whole life I committed I I decided to not date for a while I just told the few men that I was um hanging out with I'm like I'm done with this for a while and I committed to watching every single Hallmark Christmas movie just to give me some 
something to be committed to. <laughs> this is so not me. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm writing down all of the insights from the homework movie. So she was talking about that, this woman in one of the movies, I don't remember which one. And she said, well, the reason that they have to say that is because that is not our natural response. So it just kind of shifted it for me a little bit. It's like, we have a need to help people and it is ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. And in order to be able to do that, we have to literally train ourselves to take care of ourselves. So one of the reasons why self-care has become such a, a buzzword and unfortunately turned into chocolate cake, wine and a hot bath, which is not really self-care. <laughs> <laughs> but I, or I, I let's call it let's call it the first evolution of self care. We must evolve past it. I but like that. Yes, that's yeah. very good. That's the yeah. first step. We got more yeah. after that. The first step, and then it gets so much better. So one of the reasons why it has become such a big thing, and why I would give, you know, I would give you maybe a little medal on the self care if you are telling people that sometimes I just need to rest is because self-care has a very real, healthy, selfish component to it. People start to call you selfish all of a sudden because you're just trying to take care of yourself. Then you know you're on the right track. Nice. Okay. So to evolve into that where you start to take care of yourself, and I, and I know I'm kind of going long on this, but just to understand the, the whole the, the story of it, it's a lot of work. So one of the reasons that you get a lot of back push on it is because it kind of startles people a little bit because what it triggers is the knowing that they have subconsciously that they are not taking care of themselves. And so they are actually a little bit jealous. How dare you take care of yourself because I do everything for everyone. I get nothing back for it. I push through, I've done all these things. Meanwhile, I don't know it, but my adrenals are about to go and in 10 years, I'm going to have a heart attack. But, yeah. and so we hold on to those things because we're attached to them. But then we have to get psychological because we're attached to them because we've become such a doing culture and achieving culture that our self-worth is attached to that. So that's where it comes from. Yeah. But if we can't evolve to that and and like I've gotten to a point now where with the work that I do and how it's evolving, there are a lot of companies that I actually can't work with because if they are not moving into this culture and understanding this, I'm just like this force that comes into a room and I trigger everybody and it's just not good. And I'm just like, so I, I can't even work in that anymore because I know that that step of taking that rest, because I see it. I see it um, physiologically in my brain. If you take that rest at 11 a.m. when your adrenals get a little bit tired in that time frame, like on the Chinese meridian clock, I think that's the adrenal time frame, or is it two? Somewhere, something there. 11 is when people will get tired because their adrenal meridian is asking for a rest and you do that rest, then at one o'clock, you'll be able to be productive. Mm-hmm. And if you're really tired at three o'clock because you've got some hypoglycemia issue issues because the blood sugar issues throw up, at or throw up, well, maybe they do throw up. Uh, it, it, could <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. They show up between three and four. If you're always tired between three and four and 11, you have adrenal blood sugar regulation problems going on. And if you don't rest, 
then the deficiency of those things every day and every month and every year gets lower and lower and lower. Eventually you will be useless to even yourself. Right. And people seem to need permission, which is kind of my job in life to give people permission to not blame themselves for how crappy they feel, first of all, and to take care of themselves so they can actually heal. That's what I do in, in my office on the timelines. So wow. pretty much, yeah, you, you put a big bandaid on everybody because you help them yeah. heal. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it really is a bandaid when, and, and an antiseptic. A lot of the solutions that we have out there are band-aids to just keep it all together and wrap the bone in place, but there's not the right kind of antiseptics and care and rebandaging because the old bandage needs to come off and then you need a different one. And so the, the process from, from the injury or the wound to the actual healing gets interrupted and then gets infected. And then it moves to another part of your life or another system in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This. Uh, Are you guys I okay? So, <laughs> I, absolutely. I have so many things I want to ask, but I'm going to shift gears for fun because this is a trucking podcast. So shift gears. Everybody get that one. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting. You're getting into this here, Bridget. Way to go. Keep up, guys. Keep up. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to say, we, we want to ask if you have some um, fun travel type stories, something excellent that you want to throw out there that makes us laugh and giggle just a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's a real switch in gears. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever, if this was just boring all the time, people wouldn't listen till the end. So no, exactly. Like every um, trucking movie, when somebody wants to get going faster, they automatically just shift another gear and they're like, yeah, what well, can go more? doesn't work that way but anyway sorry yeah let's hear what Sonia has to say <laughs> yes okay so probably probably a story from when I was doing some travel with music and stuff like that which was a whole lifetime ago uh but this one's probably good because it happens in, in Basano Saskatchewan is that in Saskatchewan or is Alberta. It just Alberta Alberta okay yeah. this is not Alberta all right so back in those days, in my music days, I was also in Earl's Girl. And that's how I paid the bills. And then we toured. Like, that was just what you did when you were a musician. A lot of us were servers on the side. Okay. Yep. So I, uh, I released my first record in 99. I did some new demos. And I won some songwriting awards. So I was getting some attention. And I had really loved um, Jan Arden's record. I think it was Blood Red Cherry. The production on it was really great. And her guitar player slash co-producer, Russell Broom, had done that with her. So I just flat up, flat up called him and said, hey, will you produce a song with me? Because I like your style. So he had me send him my music. And he's like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So poor musician not knowing how to take care of herself, I worked and worked and worked and worked and worked up until the day that I got in my car and drove straight through to Calgary in a day so that I could pay him the very small amount that he was asking for just for some time. <laughs> so I was exhausted. I had been serving 12-hour days, split shifts at Earl's Main, and, and it was winter or, yeah, it was like the end of winter. And so I've been driving since 5 a.m. or whatever it was. I'm in Bassano. It's dark. So it's definitely winter. Yeah, it was. Definitely winter. It yeah. was so windy that I'm, I couldn't get my car door open. I should, <laughs> taken, I should have taken this as a sign. 
So I'm at the, the gas station, the truck stop in Bassano. There's semis everywhere and there's some, and it's dark and I can't get out of my car. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to get out of my car because I didn't really need it to pee. Finally got the door open, got inside. Someone had to help me open the door to get in the gas station. And so I'm, I'm bleary eyed. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't know how I'm going to sing the next day. This is not awesome. I go, I go to the washroom, put my wallet on my keys on, on the back of the toilet, go to the washroom. I flush the toilet. I reach for my wallet and my keys. I grab my wallet, miss my keys and. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going well. Yeah. <laughs> If, if anyone out there has ever seen a young woman hysterical running out of the bathroom crying, saying, I just washed my keys down the toilet and sobbing in the middle of a truck stop, that was me. I don't even know where you start with the, how am I going to get this back? I mean, honest to God, I don't yeah. even know where to go with that. And you know what? You don't have to tell me. <laughs> no. So, okay. I'm So I got to finish this story. Okay. So this lovely couple from Three Hills, Alberta was there. She, she comes over to me. She said, honey, I've got a daughter your age. She's like, we're not going to leave you here. She, she, bought me, she bought me a ginger ale and put her arms around me. So... Okay. So like, okay. So they were going to take me the rest of the way to Calgary where I was going to stay with my cousin. And then, and yeah, so stay there with my cousin. So, so I get in the back of their, their van that has a a window that had to be taped or something. So it was so loud in the car Mm -hmm. that I couldn't talk. So I sat in in the back of the van, very, very grateful, sipping my, my ginger ale, crying and their, their little deaf and blind three like a dog daisy onto my lap. <laughs> I just sat there with me till I got to my cousins. <laughs> because of course the <laughs> just when you thought your day was bad you could have been the dog. <laughs> I haven't told that story at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was probably gonna. We're gonna have to edit this out. The laughter. <sighs> oh, that's um. That's just freaking fantastic. I don't care what anybody says. It's true. And, and as someone who spends a lot of time on the road, you have no idea how much more careful I'm gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh Sonia that, that was <laughs> that, that's hilarious <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us I, mean, I forgot how funny that was it's been a while that oh, was awesome yeah yeah it's actually a lot funnier when you're not the one that had it happen had it oh, happen totally. to you know <laughs> but yeah so we're laughing with you not at you it's all good i think it's hysterical now oh god it's a funny story but without daisy like it just you know the dog i I, not that you aren't wonderful sonia but the dog 
the dog made the whole thing for me. I know. (laughs) And can I just say, I had a customer a long time ago. His dog was not deaf and blind, but he was three-legged and his name was Tripod. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We got to get it together, you guys. David. We we want we want we wanted uh, an impactful <laughs> New Year's Day uh, episode. So I think uh, they think we're good. crazy. They think we lost our minds. <laughs> well, I've been there a long time already, Bridget. So <laughs> okay, so it, it's your turn to ask her a question. I'm good. <laughs> okay. We are uh, <clears throat> definitely <laughs> going to need to do this again sometime, Sonia. Sure. So, and I know we're uh, starting to run close on time here. So, uh, I can't look at Bridget right now. <laughs> Trying to cover up Bridget so I don't see her. <laughs> Sorry, Bridget's having a meltdown. <laughs> She muted herself. I, even. I, I had to mute myself. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm good. So, good. so um, that was that was hilarious. Um, thank you for sharing that because it it not only is funny but it's also uh, shows who you are that you're not afraid to bring out these stories and have the chance to laugh with yourself from those years and. Um, so coming into 2021 now, Mm -hmm. is there some to finish off with here? What can you give us as drivers, as people in general, something that we can use going into 2021 that is really going to help us? Well, that's a pretty broad question, but I believe in you, Sonia. You're gonna you're gonna come up with something. <laughs> gonna come up with something for us. As a truck driver, after or just as people dealing with yeah. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I just always put myself into the shoes of all the things, and then the human, and all of the uh, things, and the extra pressure now of this last year. I. As much as this is probably part cliche, I think we're all starting to realize that there is a a deeper reason for all of it. I think the place to always start is with yourself. And if you're beating yourself up for anything, whether it's from the last 40 years or from the last year, and if there's a lot of negative self-talk one of the best things that you can do is not try to do something very specific or like a skill or a thing or a self-improvement or whatever it is. I think the place to start, because we've all kind of been, in a sense, made very vulnerable this year, exposed to ourselves in, in a lot of way. It has to start with how much do I like or not like myself and how come? 
because the choices that you make, whether you choose to go for a walk to make yourself feel better or not, whether you choose to um, eat a food that you know is helpful for you as opposed to a food that is not helpful for you, or if you're choosing to do something, consume something, do something that feels better just for now so that you can get through. I think the question is just why and to not judge and to just sit with it because all of those things come from something that hurts somewhere or that didn't get what it needed somewhere and to judge yourself for the choices that you're making in those states just compounds the issue and you never really get down to it. And I know now I'm switching right back from the serious to the crazy funny and we're getting really serious again. But if 2021 could be the year of sitting back, allowing yourself to feel the things that you actually feel instead of covering them up and not judging yourself for them, that is the most perfect foundation to be able to come up from and evolve from and heal from to accomplish all the rest of the things that you would like to have for yourself. I love that. <laughs> this has been just a ridiculously amount of fun. <clears throat> and we started out pretty serious. I mean, I, I made several notes on things that I want to remember. No doubt. This is a fab fabulous point to wrap things up and just say, uh, Sonia, thank you so much. Because going into 21, feeling the way we do right now with a bit of joy, some hope mm -hmm. and some coping skills, that's the way to go. I'm very excited about that. So thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to have you. And you just never know when we need a good story, when we'll call you again. Oh, I have another one. <laughs> I like this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> also want to thank uh, Jesse James Dupree and Dixie Inc. for giving us our intro and outro music and the transitions that we use. And uh, Sonia, we we're doing we were coming out with uh coming out with cb handles for people as uh but we kind of left that behind in the last couple episodes and uh after this story i'm just wondering if um size matters and the crazy canuck dave would maybe be okay to call you keys you know, so <laughs> as, your, as your cb handle so thank you keys <laughs> because right. you have you have not only given us a funny key story, you have given us some amazing keys to deal with 21. Which and totally falls in with our 10 code of 1018. Was there anything for us? There was a boatload of things for us today. Yes. Lots, lots of good stuff. Thank you very much, Sonia. And people listen or uh, check out the show notes if you want to find out how to get more information about Sonia or talk to Sonia somehow, hire her, do whatever you need because she's well worth whatever it is. You know, so thank you very much. Thank you guys so much. It was awesome. Let me from the sky magically appear. It was Bob, you're only back, shifting hard gears.